0: Hey everyone, yes. this is the Talisman, this is Ryan This is Jeremy This is Phil <laughs> And you're listening to Tom and Zeus on the Shout It Out, <laughs> Out Loud cast <laughs> Oh yeah
1: Oh boy Here we go, oh, Here we go. <laughs>
2: This is Gene Simmons.
1: Put that cookie down Stop pressing the button oh. Simmons.
0: Star Star Shouting! He's not what you would call a handsome
2: man.
0: Oh no, here come the kiss times. Is that a positive thing? Okay.
1: Alright. You to grab me an ice cold mellow yellow.
0: Why? Why do that to the fan? Stop it. Why? Because fuck them. What you talking about? 617-525. Yes. Settle down. Hello, Hey, what's up there, Kiss Army? Tom and Zeus with another episode of Shout It Out Loudcast. Episode 193. Paul and Gene on the Howie Mandel Does Stuff Podcast. Tom, how the hell you doing?
1: Very well. One of the things we love doing the most is uh Talking, but we also love talking about other people talking about KISS, right? Yeah. Yeah. Talking about other podcasts. Exactly.
0: And nothing wrong with that.
1: Nope. Nope. We love Howie Mandel. We love Paul and Gene. So uh, let's see what we got going on with this one.
0: Yes. Yes. But before we go forward, we go backwards. And before we get to the backwards part, which is you going over the polls, let's give a shout out, Tom. To our favorite accountant, Tony Barone. Yeah. Hey, Loudcasters. ABCPA Inc. is an accountant firm located in the suburbs of Chicago that can assist you with all your accountant and tax needs. For businesses, they offer bookkeeping, financial statements, payroll processing, payroll taxes, sales, tax returns, filing federal and state income tax returns and help with starting your own business as well. For individuals. they offer help with sole proprietorships, rental real estate, trust and estate tax returns, and filing personal federal and state income tax returns. They have access to 50 states. So whether you're in I don't fucking know uh <laughs> did I do these ones yet maybe Vermont or Wyoming,
1: Why don't you create another spreadsheet of states that you haven't used? You love spreadsheets. I
0: fucking love it. ABCPA Inc. can prepare an e-file on your behalf. Did you know Kiss Army? If you own a business with employees and have had a 20% reduction of revenue than you did in 2019 due to COVID or state-mandated shutdowns, you might be entitled to additional tax credits. And who doesn't love those? This guy does. (laughs) Follow them on Facebook and LinkedIn and visit them on their website, abcpainc.com. That's abcpainc.com. Or you can email the great Tony Barone at Tony at abcpainc.com. That's Tony at abcpainc.com. Or call them at 708-430-3232. Again, 708-430-3232.
1: Yeah, ABCPA Inc.
0: We're going to talk to you about something called taxes.
2: <laughs> Religion.
1: Uh. And if you don't know what we're talking about, go listen to the newest Dorm Damage episode. Where we talk about MTV
0: Unplugged. <laughs> we're talking to four people. About something called religion. <laughs> it's so stupid. Love it. Anyway, uh, Tom, last week we discussed the Badlands debut album. Mm-hmm. The Kiss Member, uh, non-KISS album. And that yes. was Eric Singer. And that was actually our first pre-Kiss album that we reviewed. That's right. Member.
1: Yep. So the poll, as always, four songs. What's your favorite? Uh, and we now have the poll available on the shouted out loudcasters group page. So Zeus puts it on Instagram, it's on loudcasters on Facebook and it's on Twitter. So the options for the poll were Dreams in the Dark, Highwire, Winter's Call in Seasons. Twitter Dreams in the Dark at 37%, Highwire 31, Winter's Call 25, Seasons at 8. Not really a surprise there. Um a little bit tighter a few percentage points on Facebook. You got dreams in the dark at 34 high wire at 32 winter's call at 29 and seasons dragging at uh 5%. A uh, lot of comments here. A lot of, a lot of comments on the poll and the album in general, people love this album. And I think one of the things that people love about this album is that it is so underrated. It is so hard to find. It's not something that's overplayed and beaten into the ground. Um, you can find the CD if you feel like ponying up the cash, you can find the vinyl um, The Um, stuff's unfortunately probably never going to be released. There is a recent bootleg. I forgot to mention this on the episode. There is a recent bootleg that was just released um, for the Badlands debut album and it's demos. So it's like a demo album um, that was recorded during the debut album sessions that's newly available. Uh, I don't own it yet, but who knows? couple comments here. Brad Baird, great show, TNZ. This is another take-me-back. Second year of college. I thought I was getting sophisticated with this one. Uh, Great songs, like Tom says. Some are better than others, but no filler. Jakey smokes. MD, never bought this album when it came out, and I've heard all the bullshit about why it's not available anywhere now. But I wasn't halfway through your review when I went to eBay and grabbed a Japanese import copy of it with one bonus track for a decent price thanks boys yeah i think the cd is much easier to uh come across we got one from aggie dad and tiger grad he says love this album lucky to get it on cd in 89 and i got the rock candy remaster when it first came out and yes they were awesome live saw them with great white and tesla on mud island in memphis killer show from all three bands that night great podcast mud island that's what they're gonna be calling a bathroom in our cabin on the Kiss Cruise after a few days. Fucking <laughs> like Mud Island. <laughs> Anyways, that's Twitter. What do you got on the book of face?
0: Uh old friend is back. Uh-oh. Matt Wallace. Woohoo! As I sit here taking a shit, <laughs> I am listening to this episode. Awesome album. Ray's vocals and Jake's guitar are off the chain. Great job. Gotta go wipe the oily tar splatter from my mud cutter and off the back wall.
1: Matt, you were missed.
0: Yes. (laughs) I think our our commentary was uh, picked up on by not just him, but a few other people too as well. Because I got a nice here comment here from Mike Murphy. Uh Uh-oh. I assume by Zeus's behavior and somewhat disturbing line of questioning that he would, in fact, climb Mount Puni in order to get his shot at Giselle's Brazilian freckle flaps. <laughs> oh, as an aside, <laughs> any commenter who requests his or her own theme music, who does this, should automatically be given Bet's Loser as their theme for all eternity. <laughs>
1: oh, come on. Be nice.
0: You guys better read this comment on the air or else we aren't friends anymore. (laughs) And I will no longer bless the shout out loud community with my always witty and hilarious commentary.
1: First of all, Michael Murphy, that's fantastic. But I'm a little disappointed that you didn't throw a comment in there about how the Badlands is not available on colored vinyl. Because as we all know, colored vinyl sounds the best.
0: When you're in the mood to listen to something orange, think of Hakeem. Yes. Christopher Hake. Yeah, Wallet. <laughs> I thought you were gonna say yeah, money bag sodas. Well, that uh, too. Yeah. Uh I saw them live when they toured with Great White and Tesla. Mm. Love this album. Since they won't reissue this because of Ray Gillen, I hunted down a sealed vinyl for a decent price. Love cranking on the turntable. Over on Loudcasters, Stephen Wood has a photo of. Jake and the Fat Man.
1: <laughs> Jake, who do you work for, Jake?
0: I work for Mayflower. I work for, work for Moisha. Hey, pardon me. Speak up there. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh,
0: God. oh, man. Justin Steele. Love the feedback. Cute little freckles around pink flaps. Oh. And in your best Pat Summerhall voice, how about that? I'm on green, John.
1: Oh, I'm on green is a good one. I thought he was gonna bring up Dorsey Levens, another Green Bay running back. I'll trade you Fred Taylor for Dorsey Levins.
0: Who is who is the old Lions quarterback that was in laying pipe two? The when I was getting Dude, that free Charlie pawn. Batch. <laughs> Charlie Batch. Remember, I had that free porn. I was channel. called laying pipe laying <laughs> pipe too like that's Charlie Batch he plays for the Lions what's he doing doing porn oh my God oh. Charlie's batch over on our Instagram page Tom Gaz 160769. I wish Atlantic would put this in Voodoo Highway on Spotify. Good luck with that brother it ain't happening unfortunately. Nope. Nope. Uh, Chip, Chip Howard. Didn't that singer give half the East Coast AIDS?
1: <laughs> oh, jeez, AIDS, Mr. Johnson. You have AIDS. He goes AIDS.
0: Oh, over on YouTube. YouTube. Mark Ibrahim. Hello, T and Z. Just want to say I love this podcast. Being from the UK. I sometimes don't get all the references you guys make, but you guys still make me laugh out loud every single episode. Cheers, mate!
3: All right, thanks, buddy.
0: Yeah, I'm sure you're getting the... (laughs) I'm here with the main man, DeGeeza. Boutros. (laughs) Boutros. 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 Uh, I'm sure you get those ones. Our buddy, Marty White. Sorry, guys, I have to go full negative on this one. I hated Badlands the first time I heard them. Oh, I was a young drum at the time and everyone was raving about scrappy do singer. Sure. He's a technician, but he has absolutely no style. Then he winds up in Paul's band, then kiss. Frankly, frankly, (laughs) I'd rather listen to Kenny Jones on face dances. And it's hard after moon died. Thank the maker that YouTube cuts the audio, the audio, when the music plays. Wow. Um. And I'll, I'll get to that. For a good time, find the YouTube clip of Current Kiss playing Strutter. Make sure you get the one where Scrabby forgets the third verse exists. They finish the guitar solo, and Scrappy leans into his kit and starts waving his stick around as the whole shit show falls apart. <laughs> Two tits up awesome. <laughs> but I'm, I'm going to mention something. He said, like, thank God YouTube doesn't allow me to do the music. That's not true. I'm not putting in the music. So when right. I edit these, this is this is the dedication for you, the listeners. <laughs> I edit two tracks. When I finish up most of the editing, then I have the the basis of what we're going to do. Afterwards, I go in and I implement the songs for our podcast. I don't do it for YouTube. And then I upload YouTube first. So there's two tracks I have of our episodes. So it's not YouTube cutting it out. I don't even put it in anymore. So just for those that are asking, there is no music. I don't put music or anything that will get us a strike. I don't, or a copyright uh, thing. I don't put it in. So Mm -hmm. that's why that's happening, guys. Uh, Tom, that's what I got. All
1: right. Let's bang through a couple emails here. All right, so some emails here. This one comes directly from our website, shoutoutloudcast.com. You can submit comments and questions right from there. This comes from John Clifford, and you know, we'll get to John later in the show. But he says, hey, guys, writing from Southern New Hampshire. Wait a minute, John, that's where I am. Where are you? Did he say, hey, guys? Hey, guys. <laughs> Southern New Hampshire. Maybe we'll have to uh, meet up with John here. But anyways, I just discovered the show about two weeks ago, and I love it. Listening out of order, depending on the topic, and I've got to say, I love that you guys see Kiss just as I do. They have ups and downs, and while I love the band, not everything they touch turned to gold. It's refreshing to hear similar views on my commute back and forth each day. My job sucks, and listening to you guys <laughs> eases the stress. It's like being back with high school friends for a while each day. Just signed on as a Patreon contributor, too. woo Yeah, John, we'll get to that in a minute. Thank you. I would absolutely love to hear an episode on Kiss Meets the Phantom of the Park if you haven't done so already. No, we have not yet. It's so bad. It's good, but still bad. Awesomely bad. How about doing a live feed commentary? Hmm, Perhaps. Keep up the awesomeness and I'll keep listening. And before I forget, do you like Kiss? Stay cool, boys. Love the show. Peace out, Girl Scout. Yeah, John. And we'll get back to you a little bit later on in the show, too, my friend. This comes from David Lee Smith. Hey guys, I'm a complete late bloomer with Badlands self-titled debut. My story with this album and Badlands as a whole goes back to 2019 as a 26 year old in listening to the ridiculous rock record reviews podcast with host Aaron Martel. Yes. Love Aaron. Love his podcast. Check him out. If you haven't, he's a great guy. Great show. They talked about this album on episode 81 of his show. After listening to it, I was immediately impressed, and I dove headfirst into the album. Fell in love with it instantly. Then listened to the rest of the discography. He says Badlands' self-titled debut is in my top five albums of all time. Uh, he says at least we can still hunt down the albums online or listen to them on YouTube. Uh, it was great listening to both of you give your takes on the tracks. Nonetheless, I'm enjoying your show so far, especially the album review crew episodes. Keep kicking ass and taking names. Gentlemen, David Lee Smith. All right. Thank you, David Lee Smith. And now uh, we'll wrap up feedback with our good friend and longtime listener and Patreon supporter, Mike H. I love the feedback segments. It's one of the things that sets you apart from the other podcasts. I understand the dilemma of being so popular that you receive more than you can address. So here's an idea. Treat the comments like a YouTube live stream. You want your comment read? Pony up some coin. <laughs> then he then he goes, Badlands is not hairband music. Ray Gillen and Jakey e Lee sing and play their asses off. Despite the problems that Ray Gillen may or may not have, death being one. Jesus, <laughs> Mike. <laughs> the rumors about Ray are just that, rumors. Who knows what the real story is? I'll give you $2 if you read this next week. Mike H. Mike, we love you, buddy. You always have a great sense of humor and combine it with some legitimately good comments and emails. So thank you, Mike, for being a longtime fan, listener, Patreon supporter. And you, are comment of the week. Good answer.
3: Good answer. I like the way you think. I'm
0: going to be watching you.
1: And we expect two dollars because we read that. Thanks, buddy.
0: Yeah, awesome Woo. job, Mike. Thank you for yes. all your support. Uh, yep. Mike sent some pictures up, and a few others didn't ask me, but I haven't put them up yet. Just got yep. a lot of stuff going on, and obviously, Todd, Har-
1: T- Todd Harrig sent us a picture on Twitter too about about him out with uh, looked like he was all like on a hike or something. Keep sending those pictures, and we're going to upload them onto the website, and you can find them on. We had somebody asking about where you can. I think find- that was Mike. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, so if you if you go to our website, you click on the Shoutout Loudcast header there. Um, on that main page, if you scroll down on the main page,
0: three places you can click: about, friends, or merch. Obviously, friends is the podcast friends. You can look at their podcast photos and stuff. That's there. But for people that are loudcasters, have their stuff. You go into the about us section. Scroll down. There's photos of the guys. That's us. There's photos from Kiss Cruise 10. There's Creatures Fest 2022 photos. There's the Loudcasters photos. Yes. And that is a, a scrolling thing there. I see people with filet of fish I see people hanging out at mini golf. I see people at Broadway plays. I see people acting strange in front of a marsh. <laughs> I see a picture of Sunny Poonie with somebody. Yikes. And, uh, yeah, there's tons of photos there of you guys. We'll put them up if, uh, you guys send them in. So thank you.
1: Absolutely. Thank you. And if you're wondering about where to get merch, if you're not sure on that main page, there's a merch link, click on that. You can get shirts, hoodies, hats, all kinds of good stuff. So check it out. Thank you.
0: Tom, what we do next is we always like to give a shout out to our Patreon subscribers. And we have two new Patreon subscribers. Woohoo.
1: We have the aforementioned John Clifford. Yeah, John signing up as a demon tier member. And we have Devin Dombrowski signing up as a spaceman tier member. Yeah, John and Devin.
0: Yeah. I think our Patreon is probably at its highest point we've ever had. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. And we got, and we can't thank you guys enough. I mean, uh, I, all the stuff that you guys do for the show is always above and beyond what we imagined. And having our Patreon continuously grow is amazing and all the support and help that you guys give has helped this show grow and has been huge for our uh constant development and uh we thank you guys for that john and devin thank you for becoming patreon members and anybody that's interested in joining and helping the show Just take a look at our Patreon. It's right on our website, shoutoutloudcast.com, right when you open it up, where you go to the Patreon app, or you can go to patreon.com. You look for creators, you find us, and we have four different tiers. No, we do not have a Vinnie Vincent tier. Not yet. So I know people want us to have that, but uh, you look at the tiers, see if that's something you can do or want to do. And if you do, we appreciate it. It's a big help to the show. And uh, we will and then in turn, you're part of the Patreon family. And with that becomes Perks. Take a look at the uh, Patreon listings there, the what you guys get. And it, we're always adding things, whether it be video calls, uh, the group talks that we have, uh, merch. Uh, there's plenty of stuff to go around, and we try to make it worth your while. And this month is the Patreon ARC pick for the, for the album we chose. and Uh, Some of these people are so excited we're getting to do this album. Uh, and Some are not. (laughs) We'll see what happens. But uh, again, thank you for everybody involved in Patreon. If you want to help, please look it up. And uh, we appreciate those that can join. So thank you.
1: Yeah, you guys are the best. Special shout out to Devin and John. Thank you guys so much. Hugely appreciated everything that you guys do in the entire Patreon family. You guys are the best. Uh, just continued gratitude for what you're doing to help our show continue to grow and thrive and succeed. uh, And we really appreciate it. So again, if you're interested, check us out on our website, click on the Patreon link. You can download the Patreon app and uh, there's tons of things you can get involved in. So check us out. And again, big shout out to Devin and John this week. Thank you.
0: Tom, what we do next is we go to kiss world, not much going on.
1: Nope. Right now. uh, It's kind of downtime here until week one of the cruise. Uh, they were just at the uh, aftershock festival. Our buddy Tony, our cruise cabin mate, he was there. You know, same set list, of course. But uh, <laughs> he was there. He said it was. He, he said it was awesome. He uh, had a couple pictures, uh, so he he had a good time. So that was cool to kind of get were some. They, f-
0: were they watermarked for your enjoyment? Yeah, I made a couple posters out of them but I took down the watermark so I can get credit for myself because I was doing it for my enjoyment. So they got the cruise,
1: Tokyo Dome in November, and then a festival in Mexico in December. And then the rumor is, and I think they did do this one year on the cruise. I think the rumor is they make, they they're going to make an announcement on the cruise that they, they kind of treat the cruise the way like, if you're a big, like, Star Wars geek like we are, like, every year at, like, San Diego Comic-Con, that's when they, like, announce all, like, the new Star Wars shit that's coming out. The rumor is that on this cruise is they're going to announce what's in store for the next year in terms of tour dates, et cetera. So we'll be there for that unless that fucking first cruise bunch of bitches gets all the stuff before us and spoils it. <laughs> I, fe- I, I, I feel like we're just going to get sloppy seconds on that second week of the cruise. I'm pissed. But anyways, and the other thing is another rumor that I'm hearing online. So by the time you hear this episode, uh, it'll drop on Saturday, the 15th. I'm hearing a rumor that on Friday, the 14th. So who knows if this will be true or not? um, That it's either going to be this Friday or next Friday that they're supposed to be dropping the Kiss Alive 2 45th anniversary merch. And there are some rumors out there that there's going to be some exquisite picture disc stuff and all this good stuff. Um, Kiss Alive 2, everybody loves that. Um, so, of course, Gene, take my money. So we'll see. Keep an eye out for that. I mean, obviously, by the time you hear this, it will or will not have happened, but we'll talk about that if it does. Um, but other than that, no real news going on other than Gene and Paul hanging out on Howie Mandel, but that was a couple weeks ago, too. So,
0: All right. Well. Before we get into the main subject, Tom, I'm going to go grab my girlfriend, Rachel, and uh, go trick or treating
3: Hey, Pantheon listeners, Christian Swain here. You caught me just finishing up some editing on Getting Real with John and Beth. I want to share my first experience with Factor Meals for you. I think you'll find this interesting because I bet the same thing happens to you.
2: Listen now, go to AmericanCriminal.com or search for and follow American Criminal wherever you get your podcasts. All right, we're back. I just had to grab Ace because
1: uh, he ran after the wrong girlfriend. Ace, you're not with Rachel anymore. The wrong wrong girl. She's oh, m- she's my new bride. She's my new bride. Ace. Oh, God almighty. <laughs> I, w- I want to see Ace go on
0: Howie Mandel. Where are the cameras? <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, uh, a while back, a couple months ago, I saw Paul Stanley on Howie Mandel, and I thought it was a great uh, episode. Howie Mandel has his podcast. He calls it uh, Howie Mandel Does Stuff. It's him and his daughter, and they have good chemistry. It's funny, it's fun. He's excited. He does not seem like he's bored. He seems like he's generally interested in whoever he's talking with, and him and his daughter have good chemistry. So I find it it moves along quickly. I thought it was a good episode. Then late yesterday, I saw Gene was on, mm-hmm. and I'm like, let's watch this and let's just do an episode on both of their interviews. Yeah. yeah. Uh, there's a lot of, I, uh, Differences and similarities at, at times as well So this is a good part for I think we need to come up with a segment for this And that is uh, uh, Psychiatrist Tom calling, to doc-
1: calling Dr. Tom I yeah. told you it's calling Dr. Tom Oh, oh He'll go. be checking, he'll be making an appearance Sometime during this episode, believe me
0: uh, Calling Dr. Tom To psychoanalyze The uh, ans- Questions and answers And the differences between Gene and Paul But uh, Let's start off with the one that just finished. The one is the uh, Gene episode.
1: Yeah. And I think it's good. I think we decided to do a combination episode because of the differences between the two. Instead of doing an episode of the Gene interview and an episode of the Paul interview, do them both, pick them apart, highlight some of the key things, some of the funny things, some of the interesting things, and then kind of really have a close comparison between the two. Now, because both of these interviews are long, we're not going to drop them into the episode, so it, oh yeah, so I, two hours, so, right? So I would urge you to go in, go on to YouTube. That's because it's you want to watch these, okay? Because All visually, right. you, visually, there's a lot with Paul and Gina. So go on YouTube. Um, it's Howie Mandel does stuff. It's hilarious. He's hilarious. I've been a Howie fan forever. I think his daughter is cute as hell. I think she's adorable, and I think she's a good co-host. Um, so it's it's a, it's an interesting show, and and it's, he's got tons of great guests. Uh, he actually did one with Mike Judge from Be- creator of Beavis and Butt Head, so he's yeah. good. How he's great.
0: I I was never a big fan of his comedy, but yeah. I like him as a person. Me too. When he talks, he's famous for having OCD. Yes, like, a, like, like legitimately germ- diagnosed OCD. Yep, and, and crazy stuff. And uh, you know, part of me thought that it was an act or something, but it's not. It's not. Yeah. And you could tell the empathy he has for elders. And uh, a genuine love of conversation. Yes. And that's why it works. Uh, I like his conversation style. I like guys like Bill Maher because they they enjoy conversations where they talk and yet they'll listen to your answer and go back and forth. Not, it, okay, my turn. Okay, your turn. Okay, my turn. And no one's answering each other.
1: The other thing that Howie has a gift for is that he's he'll ask questions. That you're like, "Oh, I can't believe he asked that. Like, like, like like it's a conversation. It's not a layup. It's not a foot rub. It's not one of these sixty minute pieces where it's like, so tell us about when you learned to play the guitar. now, now that 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 is in some of these interviews, but he asked some questions, and his daughter does some good follow ups. and you can hear and see some of the tension. Uh, Especially the Paul one Especially
0: the Paul one, yes (laughs) That that as Kiss fans We're like, ooh He doesn't know he's not supposed to say that Exactly, yes, exactly And then Paul's like "Uh." Anyway, let's start with Gene So we're not going to get into everything Because we want you to listen But there's some general conversation If there's something specific we'll get into It's a, obviously They've had a relationship in the past Both uh, Gene with Howie and Paul. We'll uh, stick to Gene, but you can tell they know each other for years. Oh yeah, and uh, they they ask him about somehow it got started with. uh, Did you ever get mistaken for Richard Simmons?
1: Yeah, and then Gene's like, "Yeah, like (laughs) what are you talking about?" (laughs) (laughs) Like (laughs) Richard Simmons is like this five foot little twerp, and Gene's like six five, (laughs) like
0: (laughs) with this little red little outfit. Hey.
1: <laughs> Not that there's anything wrong
0: with that. Yeah. Uh and so off the bat, I didn't know this. Like, Gene probably has a million of these stories. And you'll catch him sometimes throwing them out there. You're like, these aren't true. But Howie Mandel says that Gene saw his act years ago and is like, you know what? I think that guy would be a good opening act for my girlfriend, Diana Ross. And how says, that's how I met him. He called Never him up and, and he's like, yeah, you should open up for how Diana Ross. And He goes, Oh, you were so funny. So how I meant like, dude, nobody laughed. Nobody <laughs> liked me. And he's like, what are you talking about? That was funny. Uh, I found that fascinating. I didn't know that.
1: Well, not only did I find that fascinating, but right off the bat, the, uh, the the tenor of the interview right there is they're the they're having a blast. There's so much enjoyment and fun between Gene and Howie and his daughter, Jacqueline. They're goofing, they're laughing. Gene's making dad jokes. Gene's trying to do little zippy one-liners. He, Gene's being like, he's being like the like the funny grandpa type guy to his to Howie's daughter because she's like a, she's so young. So right off the bat, it's like these guys are just having a fucking blast like, and telling stories. Sluts.
0: Here's where it's funny, because I like Dan Rather type style interviews course, at times. Of course, me too. But Dan Rather ain't doing this. In the middle of him telling the story, he talks about, so you were living with Diane Ross. Whoa, is that when you you were cheating on Cher with Diane Ross? Yeah. <laughs> the <fuck> says <laughs> they get into and break down how Gene and he, like, this is something I would ask. So I don't understand. You were living with Cher and you dumped her for Dan Ross? Did those two find out? Who told who? Did they get into a fight with each other?
1: Like, yeah, and, and then you cheated on share with Shannon when you <laughs> met her at the Playboy Mansion. Like it's
0: like and then he brings up the fact, which I was like, What? He's like, Yeah, and then later on I found out that she, that Shannon's sister, Tracy, is yes. married to Diana Ross's brother.
1: Brother. What? Yeah, it's yeah, it just, it just hilarious shit. But but he's but but Gene is having so much fun with these stories. Like his his sense of humor is just outrageous. I love
0: it. They're great stories because he's like, so how did you meet Diana Ross? He's like, well, Sheer told me to go buy a gift, go to New York City. Yeah. And I and my friend Diana Ross is in New York City. She'll help. She knows me. She'll help you buy something. My, by the way, <laughs> I'm going to end up banging her. And they asked him, what did she get you? What did you have? And he says, a piece of chocolate cake.
1: Oh, of course, Gene. <laughs> and then Howie goes, "Let's call Diana Ross right now." Gene's like, "What?" And, and, and Howie's like, yeah, "My producers asked, like are, three my,
0: times yeah, that my producers
1: are saying not to do that." And Gene's like, "We're not calling Diana Ross <laughs> yeah, right on, now, fucking ambushing her with Howie Mandel." <laughs>
0: but here was another funny thing that I I liked in it. Oh, you met you met Shannon at the Playboy Mansion and, and and with this with her sister. Oh, was your sister hot? Well, she certainly was was I
2: think
0: uh, how he caught that oh she was hot yeah she was yep. Uh then they talk about the story of Gene Pickham we've heard this story Gene talks about like she he wrote her a letter or a phone number he called her and he had the wrong number for Shannon yep. and she yep. yelled at him we've heard this story then they get into music which is a fascinating stuff because they talk about the Beatles and how and these are the things I love like I can hear Gene talk about anything i'm sorry i find him fascinating he's a great storyteller and he talks about the fact that like the no one knows music or reads music those guys don't make any money the ones that do it and he talked about how he picked up the guitar and he learned uh how to play just from watching tv and trying to follow along with the chords Mm -hmm. and why he became a bass player because most bands everybody wanted to be guitar players like who the fuck wanted to be the drummer and carry that shit around? Yeah, sit so in the I back just, and carry all the shit. <laughs> yeah. So he's like, oh, I'll just I'll be the come the bass player. I find that shit fucking awesome. Yeah. I love when yeah. he talks like that. Uh yeah. they they talk briefly about Elvis, which I love. And uh he was like, That's not my Elvis. I don't know why he didn't like the movie. He made it I seem like I- yeah, I, learned, that movie.
1: I know you did. And that means a yeah. lot because you're an Elvis freak. So if you like it, it's got to, it's got to have some, I haven't I, seen it because
0: yet. it's not, it wasn't, how can I explain it? It wasn't sugarcoating some of the stuff about his career. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It was, it was honest. And I, that's why I enjoyed it. I don't want just kiss ass shit, but yeah. uh, anyway, so he talked a little bit about that. And then they went into something about merch and they're like, oh, mm-hmm. Colonel Parker was the big merch guy, and he brought it. Yeah. Out. I was like, and then Gene said the biggest influence for him in merch and the biggest stuff, which I'm not sure if I heard him say this. I'm sure he has. He said it was Disney.
1: That's yeah. What oh he yeah, I think I've heard him say that before because he talked about Steamboat Willie becoming Mickey Mouse. Yeah, and then building a, yeah, yeah. And, then build, and then building a theme park based on a cartoon character.
0: Yeah, and the, yeah, building and building and building. So yep. I'm like, oh, hmm, that's interesting. Yep. <laughs> Then our friend Steve Petty was brought oh, up. Oh, yeah. For that some was... of our early listeners, remember when we used to bring up Steve Petty. Steve Cornell.
1: Clearly, Howie Mandel does not know the story of Steve Cornell because <laughs> yeah. he did, because he did not follow up with that.
0: Yeah, he and he did the he, same he, thing with Paul when he talked about who's it, this guy it, in the middle. Yeah,
1: they yeah, they didn't ask, so and Gene didn't it, say.
0: And he talks about meeting Paul. And Paul's like, Yeah, this song will uh uh I came up with a song and he starts singing. My uncle is a raft.
1: Dude, I fucking almost drove off the road. We always laugh about my uncle is a raft. It's a real, my my uncle is a raft. He keeps me afloat. (laughs) (laughs) Paul's
0: like, that's terrible. (laughs) It's just, just for that part, just for the human side of Gene, where you you could tell he's not like even embarrassed by it. He's like, yeah, I wrote the song. My (laughs) uncle's a raft.
1: And it's terrible, yeah. But 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 I love that because of all, we've heard almost every story in history. I've never heard Gene sing "My Uncle Is a Raft" and tell everybody that Paul's like that's horrible.
0: Yeah, yeah. And then he talked about kicking other members out. Is that why you voted the other members out? And he goes into the flat tire. A flat now. tire. Here we go. Yep. Uh, they talk about uh, Gene's Jewish background You know, Howie Mandel is Jewish as well yep. And keep your Jew to yourself, Gene says For, like, the times you think Gene is very, like, uh, protective uh, against anti-Semitism and stuff There are other times he's like, well, this is the world we live in He's like, well, you know, we're not as, we don't get it back as as bad as, like, Hispanics or black people you mm-hmm. can't, uh, you know, if you're Jewish, you can pretend you're Italian or Greek. So me and you are Jewish then. That's right.
3: Very
1: perfect.
0: That's right. I um, am. That's my name. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, then they watched the video of a cute little girl doing a kiss. Band. That was awesome.
1: But you know what I thought was funny about that? First of all, I love the fact that Gene legitimately got choked up. He, he got does. emotional. A bit. But, I believe but, that. What, but, but I do too. He's a very emotional guy. He's a big baby. But I was thinking, what would Paul's response? Ah,
2: be? That? I was saying the same thing.
0: Do you think because, Paul would be as personable about it? And-
1: be- no, well, because the little girl says Ace Freely and Peter Chris, and Ace Freely like twice. I think. Exactly. Exactly. I think Paul
0: was the last name man. Uh, yes.
1: Name. Yes. Right. So, so I'm like, all I'm sitting there going, hmm. No, we'll say we'll save the Peter and Ace stuff for for Paul's interview. But, but yeah. I just
0: found it fascinating. Like Me too. Gene does, is like, oh, he looked. She named all the members in the band. She knows everybody. Like, did you also like- pick
1: up? Did, did did you did you also pick up what he said? He goes, he goes. I love that stuff. When you're looking in the front row, when you see a kid on top of his dad's shoulder, yeah, and the kid puts up my hand gesture.
0: Oh, yeah. Of course, dude, he says, dude, My so
1: hand. I, <laughs> I love, dude, but, I he's lo- so but that's why li- he's, he's like, his kid, he puts up my hand gesture. I'm oh, like, Oh God, okay, I I Dio. Yeah, I, I love it. I love it.
0: AKA Jeff Kinsley.
1: Yeah, <laughs> we love Jeff, fellow Patreon. Awesome. Uh, but you I know what was funny too? Yeah, Gene also, Gene also talk about that little girl. He goes, Oh, it's amazing. She knows every name in the band. I was like, Wait a minute, dude. She didn't say Tommy Thayer and Eric Singer.
0: Yeah. yeah I just, yeah. those 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 little things that as a kiss nerd you, you, you pick up. I love, I love that it. shit. Yep. Yeah, yep. And then he talks about sleeping with the 5,000 women, and then in the middle of that, it's oh, fucking hilarious. This is, hilarious. This this is, is grandpa moment. I love it. His phone goes off, and Howard, <laughs> it's like a fire alarm, it sounds like. And Howie's like, what the fuck is that? What's going on? And he's like, well, that's my phone. Shannon has an alert on Gene's phone. That says pills, take your fucking pills with like <laughs> a fire alarm going off and it's on the front of his phone.
1: Is that like one of the most least metal moments in the oh, world?
0: That shit that like an old uncle of mine has like his, my aunt does for him. Like, of course. Yeah. Or Yeah. <laughs> she, I had an aunt once that used to put on the steering wheel of the car. John, don't forget your fucking dentures. On the fucking <laughs> on the steering wheel, so that in case he got up and was trying to go out in public, that he would see he wouldn't be like, Hey, out. hey everybody, what's going on? He would not remember to bring his dentures. <laughs> that's how she treat him like poor and, that's poor Gene, too. Then they talk about somehow we got into like that's the whole he saw he talked about um like drag queens, and he said there was a big thing, that's the holy trinity, share Diana Ross. And in uh, and Liza, Liza Minnelli. Minnelli.
1: Yep. Yeah. <laughs> like, and
0: then, and then, like, they get, then they get into the Liza <laughs> You see Dan Rather asking this question. Wow, you slept with dy- uh, with Liza Minnelli too? No. no. Gene's trying to be like all coy about it. Like uh, how is like
1: how is like Did you fuck Liza Minnelli? Did she give you a hand job?
0: <laughs> <laughs> Did she give you a handjob? <laughs> <laughs> <That's so> graphic. <laughs> oh my god. But you know what else I love too?
1: That they kept going. They kept showing the camera into the producers' room. With like all the young, like kind of kids, and they're all just friggin' laughing at like the craziness that's going on,
0: dude. It reminds me of that awful skit uh, that George Carlin does. He talks about crazy people and it versus insane, and he said, "Yeah." And he, I think forget which one it was, and I'll find the clip and play it. Is when you uh, when you have a tattoo of Liza Minnelli taking a shit, <laughs> and if you move your arm, you can see her shake her <laughs> ass like something. Fucking that's fucking like, what the fuck? No, the maniac farm will be reserved strictly for hopeless cases, like a guy who gets a big tattoo on his chest of Liza Minnelli taking a shit. You know? And he tells you if he wiggles a certain way, it looks like she's wiping her ass, you know? Oh, speaking of that, Liza Minnelli, in. And sh- taking a shit. <laughs> Where did the conversation, like, is this a conversation me and you were having? Because somehow, fucking Howie was fixated on shitting the bed. Well, because they brought up something
1: about shitting I- in the bed, and then Howie, because he's a comedian, he's like, oh, "Have you ever shit in the bed?" Like as a joke. And Gene's like, "We'll get to that in a minute." And I'm like, "Wait, you? Well, hold on." And then, <laughs> then, then, then I'm like if I couldn't love Gene anymore, he's about to tell a story about shitting in his bed. <laughs>
0: like, and then they got into like, sh- he didn't know the difference. What's a shark? That's when you fart. And the daughter's like, when you fart and you shit a little. Yeah. And then Howie's like, oh yeah, if you sneeze and shit, that's a sneet. Yeah. Like I've never <laughs> heard that word in my life. He goes, well, I was sneezing. Cause that's what Gene said. He yeah. sneezed and he was ill in bed yeah. and he <laughs> shit the bed. Like Now, as I'm listening to this, forgive me I'm sorry
1: I'm all, all, as I'm listening I'm like I love Gene more than ever and can you imagine Paul Stanley telling a story like this
0: <laughs> he's doing the face though he's like, <laughs> like <"Whoa."> <laughs> <laughs> I can totally imagine though a different guy <laughs> oh shit
1: <laughs> he does that on a he does that on a good day. <laughs>
0: Honey, I think you had an accent. Oh, fuck. I did? Oh, I must have had a sneeze. <laughs> I think I had some of that leftover Bolognese pasta.
1: I've got to write a new song. It's called Shot Me.
0: <laughs> anyway. Uh, yeah, so they got into Did You Fuck Her. Then he talks about managing her and his duet he did with Murph's favorite Engelbert Dink.
1: Yeah, Gene's Unbe-
0: been everywhere, man. Unbelievable things like that. You're like, and but you when you hear him talk, there there are things that're inspirational. Well, you never know until they call you, get back to you, if you, unless you try, you never yep. know unless you try. So it's like, true. You know what? I'll do this. I'll do this. I'll try. Why don't I ask? Yep. So ask somebody. So somehow along the world, like Gene's probably interacted with so many people behind the scenes. Oh God, you have no idea. Yeah, and it's it's fascinating to hear like. And then he said something about mentioned. He threw it out there like starting a film company. What? Yeah. Then then he said some
1: some other weird company like Alaskan Coal Fire Plant or some fucking weird. (laughs) What are you talking about?
0: What are you doing? And then they bring up the fact. I know this part because of the Paul interview, which came out first. We'll get into that part. But how he brings up the fact that he is one of the background singers that sings the chorus. He was invited. To the creatures of the night session, and him and a bunch of other, I don't know, comedians, actors, producers in Hollywood are invited by Gene and they sang War Machine, the background on the chorus.
1: Oh, that's unbelievable. That is friggin' what a hilarious story. I'll be honest with you. Didn't never knew that.
0: I knew it from the Paul story.
1: Right, but but I'm saying before Paul, I yeah. never I never knew that, never heard that. I think that's hilarious. <laughs> and and I gotta goes, wonder what Paul thought of that.
0: Oh, we'll find out. Of and course. then he asked. Uh, were other members of the band pissed that you invited us in? Gene goes, "Oh no, <laughs>
2: yeah, oh,
0: of course, <laughs> yeah." And then all of a sudden, comedian Whitney Cummings comes eh. in. Yeah, I think she thinks she's funnier or hotter than she is. Both, both. You're not. I don't think. I don't find her hot. Don't. I don't. I think what? she's cute, but nothing no. special. But I just these comedians that are like cute that think they're like oh because I'm cute like they're bigger than they are. Yeah,
1: like Nikki annoying. Glazer. Nikki yeah. Glazer's like smoking hot. Like, dude, you're not funny. You just drop F bombs every three seconds. Yeah.
0: And like you play that up. Yeah. Um, and she so they were ju- making jokes back and forth. And Gene picked out the fact that she was like half Jewish. She goes, No, she's not. She goes, No, I am. He's like, you can't hide the Jew. <laughs> He's doing the old uh, what do you call it from the Mike Douglas show?
1: Toady Fields. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and then she threw her bra at him. And yeah. what does Gene do with it? Smells it. He smells it. He's like, oh, are you smelling her bra? And he, he asked her when she first threw it on, oh, it's on my back. Why is it sticking? Do you have any skid marks? On it? <laughs> what the fuck? But that's, but that's the what I'm saying. That's why, I mean, Gene is fucking 70-something years old
1: just having a blast talking the way that me and you would talk if we were with Howie Mandel. It's just, it's, it's just ridiculous.
0: He didn't understand that she was there to tape another episode after him. He was right. like, So why are you here? And she's like, yeah, I'm here to clean the off and clean the space. He's
1: like,
3: right. That's
0: the way it should be. And I was like, Oh, no.
1: <laughs> then they started getting to suma, uh, the history of some racial slurs, which was kind of interesting. Yeah, too. No, <laughs> it was just off the, whatever. That was, it, 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 yeah. It, it went crazy the last 10 minutes.
0: But to me, listening to that, that was a conversation, fun conversation. Yep. I enjoy when I hear these things Gene becomes more endearing to me. Um, did I learn awesome. anything? Not really, but, I, I
1: still enjoyed it. You ju- it's just a peek behind the curtain of the kind of person that he is completely dropping his guard down, just being a goof, having fun, obviously enjoying the company of a friend, somebody that he knows. Well, not afraid to answer questions. Just, just I'm all, I've always been a gene fan and seeing this and hearing this, it's just, like you said, it's, it's even more endearing.
0: Yeah. Perfectly <laughs> stated, Tom. So now let's turn our attention to Paul. Uh, I think we mentioned this episode a while back. We talked briefly about it, but we didn't get into too much detail. Uh, the ac- episode actually was from August 23rd of this year, 2020. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. Paul was the first one I noticed, and that's when I started saying, shit, these are, Howie Mandel does a good job on this. This is actually a lot of fun. And I actually saw Howie on Bill Maher's uh, podcast that he does, which that in and of itself is a lot of fun as well.
1: Um, right off the bat, the tone of this interview is... Just this is like not the Gene interview. Put it that way.
0: Yeah. So I saw the Paul one, and when I went to Gene, Gene becomes lighthearted and easy. This Paul one, don't get me wrong, it's not too serious. No, it's not Dan Rather again no. with him. Which you no, see those episodes with Paul when he does this the, the big interview. uh But it's it's a lot more serious in tone. How he says to Paul right off the bat. You're an icon. Paul says, thank you. Mm -hmm. Not, oh, come on. You know, oh, shucks. No, Mm -hmm. I'm just a regular. Oh, thank you. Yep. (laughs) Any thoughts, Dr. Tom? (laughs) This
1: whole entire interview is just Paul. I think Paul is trying to be the Paul that we know with the guarded and the walls up and everything. But Howie and his daughter, Jacqueline, aren't having any of it. And they get some stuff out of here. Whether Paul does it inadvertently because he's feeling a little bit uncomfortable or not, Paul says a couple of little nuggets in here that are really interesting, that that being one of them.
0: Yeah, it, they're catchphrases <laughs> that he has already, like, booked in his
1: bank. Oh, yeah. The
0: canned one-liners. Yep. Yeah. Immediately, he talks about what we just talked about on Gene's interview. He talks about how Gene brought Howie in to sing "War Machine." Uh, Paul says that was a time when Gene was bringing in a lot of people with yes. a smile on his face and a kind of a smirk, meaning this is the time that was getting on Paul's fucking nerves. Of course, being a Hollywood guy, right? Did you pick it, up on that? Oh
1: yeah, oh absolutely. It's the beginning. It's the beginning of the eighties. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah, like
0: we're. Howie's trying to tell the story. You remember when I came in? That's the first time you met me. Yeah, I was doing this, and, and Paul's like, "Yeah, I remember." Like, now that might have been pleasant for you. It wasn't for me. Yeah, Howie asks him, "Oh yeah, didn't Brian Adams write that?" And what does Paul say? Ask Gene. Yeah, I'm like, meaning like, e- either you I don't, don't rem- he, do 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 you not remember, or do you don't want to answer? Like, I okay, so I'll put on my Doctor Zeus hat. Go ahead. I think he's undermining Gene. Like, meaning, yeah, Brian Adams did write that. But why don't you ask Gene? Gene will tell you he wrote it. Like, doing that old Gene is full of shit stuff. Okay. Did Brian Adams write that song? Ask Gene. Come okay. on. What does okay. that sound like? Unfortunately,
1: unfortunately, I think we're both right, which shows you the the levels of Paul's like, exactly. Let's
0: see what he's going to say about it, right? Yeah. That's how I look at it.
1: It's a good No, You're right. I think you're right. You're right. Like, you're do, right. Do you yeah. see how
0: that question would be phrased if I asked you like something about us? And if I phrase it like that, you'd be like, Dude, what do you mean by that, ass Tom? Because, Are you saying I did not
1: <laughs> Because nobody carries the switchblade better than Paul Stanley when it comes
0: oh, to yeah. nobody. Dude, that is a good one. Nobody, nobody. carries a switchblade. Oh <laughs> man. Oh, so after they talk about the whole war machine part, how says, uh, I, I didn't I didn't see the album. I was looking for if I got any credit on it. You didn't see a check, that's for sure.
1: <laughs> See what I mean again like not It's not funny like the delivery Itself it's just not funny He's am <laughs> not everything,
0: paying you for that
1: yeah, Everything yeah everything has like an edge to it You know what I
0: mean yeah it's like He thinks just sharp humor Yeah very sharp And cutting yes yeah and then then Paul talks obviously about his ear Microtia mm-hmm. uh, And I agree with this you don't miss What you don't know so he Asked them whether you know about the hearing did he Get teased this is the part Oh, you can tell. Years of therapy. Mm-hmm. Asked about whether what was it like? He's like, oh yeah, people are mean. Not just kids. Uh, you could tell Paul was like cringing about that, and all those years of torment are flashing before his eyes when he asked him about it.
1: Yeah, he did not want to get involved in that conversation at all. One of the yeah. com- one of the comments that he said that stuck out. That I'm like, oh, put that in the pocket because we'll get to that later in the interview. When he said, "I've never been good." at living up to people's expectations. (laughs) And I was like, that right there is going to come back at the end of this interview. And it's going to answer a lot of questions about where kiss is right now in 2022.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And they, uh, asked him about the makeup, whose idea was it? And Paul even says it goes all of us.
1: Yep. What did you think about the question about him changing his name and the fact that he claims it was, Paul McCartney Paul Rogers like I've that, never ever yeah. heard that in my life
0: it, it was interesting to hear him talk about it, it well it was, it was not, he I'm said not, that's not, not why saying, he did it yeah I'm and, not saying uh, I don't
1: believe him I've just I've never heard that he changed his name to Paul There's a
0: lot of like I bet you subliminal subconscious all sorts of that shit where yeah. like he talks about well I kept part of my name to keep part of my identity oh yeah I, I have, believe that Yeah, I have yeah. the star on my right side my face And then he talks about the opera and walking his face. And that's me. And then the ears on the right side and the stars on the right side. Mm -hmm. Um, There's a lot of Dr. Tom stuff that you could talk about the subconsciousness of all that kind of stuff. But the whole thing about Paul Rogers and Paul McCartney, I don't know, but it's a nice little uh, new nuance that he kind of dropped and talked about. Right. Yep. Yep. And then this is more you can, holy shit, diagnose. He talks about his dad. And it's interesting because he talks about how brilliant his dad was. But his dad was never given the opportunity to put this brilliance into like something where he can achieve anything. Like he had to stop and work to support his family as a young man. And that he felt like his dad always regretted it. Like that he didn't become more and he could have and he should have been more. Uh, successful as a human being because he's such a really intelligent person and and creative and all this other stuff and then he talks about whether like about his father's you know supporting him and things like that and it it, it almost makes it seem like Paul was saying that his father was bitter at him
1: his father and, was bitter. his father that's exactly what Paul said yeah dad but don't forget don't forget until recently
0: yeah I know Paul did
1: not like his father, and they had no relationship.
0: And his mom, he's—I don't think he ever really got—that's right—got on a, a good place with that's his right. mother.
1: So they they segued into that, and, and and Howie and and Paul, they were like, "Well, you you always want better for your child,
0: yeah." And well, he's kind of all, saying,
1: he, "Yeah,"
0: I and feel Paul, bad for him because I bet I you do too. That that part is really true. That he's probably grew up being like, "Dude, my dad would rather." It gets jealous of me. It was upset if I'm doing well because he should be doing well. That's Dude, not a good for all, thing. For all the teasing we do for Paul, I mean, let, let's be
1: serious. The guy's gone through a lot. He's got a yeah. lot of issues, and they're not issues to be made fun of. We, 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 we tease Paul about a lot of things. We do not tease him about things like this. And, and oh, you should
0: know about his ear and all that stuff growing no, up. No, never. That's fucking awful.
1: What but you dealing answer? with dealing with a parent, because I and I I know people. I've heard stories like this: parents who are bitter at their children because the child is successful, has a better life than they had, and that's. I can't imagine what that's like as a kid who's already dealing with issues of being bullied and being treated poorly. How physical. Physi- a physical deformity, and
0: his sister was yeah. That's you know, the other part I was gonna say. Right. His house, where he said his sister was physically like she was insane, yep. physically assaulting him, will kill him at, almost at some point. Like he had to live at that, and his, like his parents weren't yep. controlling that aspect, and yep. so he's like no happiness anywhere he goes. Yep, but it, it's 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 sad, and
1: it's very I, sad.
0: And I guess you'll you'll say um, you know not to get too serious here. But the one thing I always learned is, like, I always look back now, and the shit that my dad would do for me, and, and I'd tip, be like, yep. dude, I won't do that for myself, but my dad would do Like, oh, I really, I know it's late, but I really could use some orange juice. And you'd go out <laughs> to the store and get your orange juice. I'd, I'd Fucking, do a, yep. I have hockey practice at 6 a.m. in Tingsboro. Yep. Oh, he'd take me there on a Sunday or Saturday morning, even though he had worked all week or whatever. Same thing. Shit like that, I'd be like, dude, I wouldn't do that for myself. And then you have your own kid and you're like, I'm sick as a dog. I'm not going to CVS to get myself, but my kid has a little sneeze four in the morning. You're driving to CVS like I'll get it for you. Like the love of your kid, things that you do, you don't even do for yourself. Nope. That's how a parent should be.
1: And that's the difficulty. That's the challenge that Paul had growing up. How
0: long did he think it, you know, how many examples do you think it took for Paul to be like, dude, my dad is like, like pissed because I'm doing this. Yep, but that must have sucked because for that to sink in and not be no, my dad loves me more than anything. Mm-hmm. That that comes from experience. And you also and got to, and, and, a lot. And,
1: and you also got to wonder too. Did that have anything? Was that in a little bit of a, th- a push to change the name too? Maybe he didn't want to be known as an Eisen. Yeah. I know he didn't like the name Stanley, but maybe he wanted to kind of erase that. You know, Stanley is not bad. Maybe he didn't want to be known as another Eisen, and with the rest of the family, I don't know.
0: Yeah, I I don't know, but it's fascinating. He talks about his own kid, and he goes, he says, I don't give Evan any money, but, you know. This was interesting. And I like the way he does this. I know sometimes we laugh about his philosophy, but he's right. Anything is possible, but it needs to be possible for you. So, like, meaning, like, I want to be the fucking starting center for the Lakers. Dude, you're a five-foot-seven Greek guy. You ain't starting for the Lakers. That's not possible for you. To be the right. center for them, so and I'm not five foot seven and five foot nine, but that's okay. But you get my point. These are things that I agree with him. You should encourage people to do stuff. You should, but you could also be realistic, like he said. If I wanted to be a mathematician, I'd be fucking homeless.
1: Yeah. So I also thought that I also thought it was interesting when he was like, "Yeah, you know i i don't I don't give my I don't give Evan I don't give my son any money and blah blah blah." And then Howie's daughter followed up. Yeah. And you could see the discomfort with Paul. She's like, well, you said that you don't give him any money, but do you open any doors for him or help him out with his career? Yes. And, and Paul was like, "Uh, yes, I do. And I was like, dude, you that's, it. that's a bigger deal than giving your kid money.
0: With all due respect. You think so? Oh, dude. I, I think you, that's kidding. a fair thing to do. No, yeah. uh, no, 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 no. no. I'll, I'll introduce you to him. You no, can no, no, have no, a tryout on. with the Bulls. Hold on. You better fucking do well. That's I I didn't say
1: it was bad. What I'm saying is Paul was patting himself on the back for saying, I don't give Evan any money. He's going to earn that on his own. But I'll open doors with a record producer to help him get his like, dude, that's a bigger deal than giving your kid money. Now, I don't have a problem with it, but don't pat yourself on the back as being the parent who's like, well, my son's got to work for him. I'm not going to give him any money, but I'll call the you know, I'll, I'll call the guy over at CBS records and say, like, dude, there's nothing wrong with that. You're helping your son and you should, and that's good. But don't make it sound like you're like being like some warrior for your kid and making him scratch and claw his way to the top because you're not. And you shouldn't. You're Paul Stanley. You should be helping your son.
0: No offense. I I don't believe in bullshit like well, I need to make my kid suffer so he'll learn. I agree. Of course. <laughs> my need- kid's no, living just- in a van and I'm a gazillionaire. No. I right? agree. Uh, of course. That's why I was surprised. What I mean that's why when- when- I have money. Surprise- that's one of the perks. Help
1: the people you love. But that's why I was surprised. He said, I don't give him money. No one asked him that. He said that. Uh, no one asked him, do you give Evan money? He said that on
0: his own. Yeah, because he wants to get compliments for it.
1: But, here's but he's, why would you get compliments? You're Paul Stanley. You don't give your kid money? Yeah.
0: But he's trying to make it sound like his kids earned whatever he's earning on his own two feet. But, but he's, not, he's not
1: because do- he's opening doors up for him in the
0: music business, which is fine. So- I look at is like that I'd rather, I think it's more honorable that he does that. than gives his kid money and just like live off my money. So you have nothing. So you have no fucking, what do you call
1: it? Absolutely. No, no, I'm with you. I
0: I, Because the way I I if it's more. I I don't know if it's more honorable. I
1: I agree. Yeah. I don't give my kid money so he can be a freeloader and just fucking get, get high in my living room. I get that. Yes.
0: No, but the other part to it is look, I, I might say, to a record guy, hey, do my, can you check my kid out and see if you like him? Yeah. But if you're not good enough, you're not going to fucking make it no matter what I say. Correct. Of course. So, yeah. uh, you know, there. are co- I see it in hockey all the time. Kids yeah, get yeah. their kids to try out for certain teams. Oh, he's trying out for this team. Like, how the fuck that kid get in there? That kid sucks compared to that kid. The dad Dude. opened the door, but that kid ain't making that fucking team.
1: Dude, I work for the state of Massachusetts. Do you <laughs> have any idea how many people I've come across in my career? Oh, nah. yeah. He's a freaking, he's a, he's, he's a state rep's uh, nephew. The fucking kid can't even add <laughs> what the fuck is he doing? How did he get this job? The kid can't write his name. You, you know, know what I mean? What?
0: I worked for the MDC all through college. Oh, in oh,
1: that's that's even more corrupt. The MDC. Which doesn't yeah. even exist anymore. Yeah,
0: I used to fucking come in for like two hours late, two hours early, two hours of lunch, and try to bang all the fucking lifeguards while people were drinking and smoking weed, while fat kids were from the local Somerville, Medford community were drowning in that piss infernal they call the swimming pool <laughs> upstairs.
1: Hey, too bad, kid. I got to go to the fucking Meadow Glen Mall. I'll see you at the end of the
0: day. It was. I remember there was a kid where you say, hey, fucking Chubby Checker, fuck off. <laughs> you got to give him. See, you're a bully. You <laughs> yeah. create Paul Stanley's in this world. You're it's a bully. fucking fat little kid. He was driving all of us nuts. And we'd have to give him timeouts all the time.
1: You're a bully. <laughs> God
0: damn you. He looked like fucking what's his name from uh, the Cosby kid.
1: Yeah, Peter, the little Petey. fat kid, Peter, Petey,
0: <laughs> yeah. Pete the meat.
1: We call him Chubby Checker. (laughs) All right, back to Paul. Next thing they bring up, he asks him about in his book when he talks about anti-Semitism. Oh, yes. And Paul goes, "That's a touchy subject." Howie Mandel goes, "Howie Mandel goes, you wrote about it. That's why I'm asking you." So what I took from that is this is Paul being like, "I'm gonna throw shit out there, but don't fucking ask me about it."
0: Yeah. And then,
1: you know, and, he, and, and, and credit to credit to how he's like, you wrote a book, you wrote in your book that you were, you had bandmates that were anti-Semitic. Paul's like, ah, eh, that's a touchy subject. Yeah, it is. So talk about it.
0: And so he says the famous, I think, oh, line from this, he goes, uh, I didn't push anybody in the bus. They walked under it.
1: I, I don't even know what that means. That's such a stupid. Th- I don't even know what that means. Like meaning I didn't
0: set them up to look bad. They did it themselves. I get it but you wrote about it in your book well that's because they did it out in public right oh no 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 i don't think he threw them under the bus no no
1: no i don't no, think but that that's
0: anything- what i'm saying that's why yeah. he dude he needs to have his conscience clean like i didn't do anything wrong i didn't do anything wrong i was them. Uh, it's that's right that's what that's all about it's right it's right uh, eh, paul says well did you ever talk to them about- well it's awkward but he says he never reached out to them they never made comments about the book when it came out he says well you know maybe some deny it and that's life We all have our own interpretation of history. So I put it out there. No one really fucking. I never had a discussion with any of them about it. It is what it is. I'll hang out with you still. Even though I I, I call you anti uh, an anti dentite.
1: Yeah, I don't I don't I don't know. I don't get that. Uh, Anti-Semitism is just fucking horrendous. And if you have a bandmate or somebody like that, that's getting. I I don't know, man. That's that's kind of an end game for me. But I don't know. That's not my life. So.
0: No, I think Ace, honestly, is an idiot. I think I don't think he dislikes anybody or something, but I think he's like a lot of us, grown up in a time where we throw out insensitive, racist remarks. I think we did it. Do I think Ace treated them like that? They're not as good as people as him because they're Jewish. No, no I don't. But I think that Ace is a fucking idiot. Yes. <laughs> SS, yay, oh, we're yeah, we're gonna throw you in the oven shit stupid shit that Paul said that he was I believe it I do I do, I do too I, I don't do think too. he meant it like to be like that I think he was just meaning like locker room talk stupid shit I get it I right? get it yeah I get it and uh honestly I don't if it was as bad as it was I don't think Gene would ever have put up with it
1: oh god no 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 yeah
0: um Anyways, that's that Then they um, Paul talks about uh, Painting mm-hmm. Oh,
1: Snooze fest
0: Good God
1: Did you realize he made this much money from painting?
0: $20 million
1: he said that's fucking insane. <laughs>
0: yeah. And, and most
1: made- of it's from the people on the Kiss <laughs> Cruise.
0: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he says he f- he started making money three to four years into painting. He started selling them. And this is the part I found very interesting. He says he was looking for ways to be creative. Uh, music is probably the easiest, but he wants to see what other areas are out there. So this is the part that I'm thinking. So Paul is still hungry and he still has that artistic improvement in his head. Like KISS stuff, I can do that all day. It's simple. I can fucking make money on this. I have a built-in audience for whatever creative endeavor I want to get. So whether it means now I want to be in theater, I can do that. Yep. I want to put my time and energy into uh, creating these paintings. I can do that. Yep. And I want to create these sneakers and sell them. I can do that. So the KISS stuff, I think he's thinking in himself, uh, to himself, I've done that. I'm bored of it. I, it doesn't give him the excitement. But maybe I do a soul. Well, clearly album. It
1: doesn't look at it every yeah. night.
0: <laughs> yeah. I could do a soul album. Like yep. everything else is giving him excitement to be creative kiss as an artist. The, the kiss, kiss concert,
1: the kiss tours are his cash cow that allow him to do all these other things that he enjoys and God bless him that he has that ability to do that. That's why he continues the Kiss tour and continues the Star Child because it allows him to do the sneakers, the frigging the carpet, the fucking yes. you know all these other things, the art, and God bless him. That's uh, that's fine, but you can tell th- th- that Kiss is just there as as like kind of like the the main thing for him to do everything else.
0: Yeah, and then they talk about like the, the touring of the band, and it's the most merch band in history. Uh, Paul boasts stadium type numbers. Oh, I just came back from Europe. We did a 80,000, 100,000. Like, dude, you're throwing out the stadium parts where you're on a major bill. You're not throwing out arena numbers. Yeah, I was just just going to say that. 12,000, 13,000. That's still impressive.
1: Yeah, the Aftershock Festival had 100,000 people because it was a three-day festival with about 80 bands.
0: Yeah, like, you stop throwing stadium numbers out.
1: But he knows that the people listening to Howie Mandel's podcast don't know the difference. So, of course, Gene did the same thing.
0: Gene's like, oh, 80,000, 100,000. Be like, dude, come on. Howie asks, how long has KISS been a band? Paul says, This is interesting. This is very interesting for me. Howie asks, how long has KISS been a band? Paul says, since 73, almost 50 years. I find that stuff very interesting because to me that means next year they're celebrating the 50th anniversary, not the year of the first album being released.
1: That's why, that's why I think of the KISS. Very cruise, important. Gonna, that's why we're gonna hear something next year. Yeah, absolutely. So, next year, my next year. Print this. 2023 will be the end of Kiss.
0: Yeah, touring Kiss. Well,
1: I think that yes, agreed.
0: Yep. Uh, so, I, I mean, he throws that in there. I don't know if it's a slip up or if it's na- naturally. That you're saying in that? No, I think but he's just said doing the math. I think he's.
1: I think he's just doing the math. Why? Wow, I don't think. It's, I don't think it's a slip up. I mean, it is the 50. You know.
0: And then we get some interesting conversation. They talk about well, why aren't you doing like Kiss stuff? Aren't you interested? And he talks about here we go songs on the last two albums. Here we go were great but then he says songs like modern day delilah as good as any song he's ever written including love gun and we all know how much he blows himself for love gun but he says he's setting himself up for disappointment it doesn't compare to what other people are perceiving these songs to be and even Howard's like yeah because they're new you, you can't tell they're classics until later like you know what i mean he, he actually puts in perspective and Paul's like, like as though Paul wants instant. Oh, that's a classic that needs to get played every time. No, it doesn't work that way. So Paul- this was
1: the, the this was the best part of the interview right here because this this gets a look under the hood of Paul. First of all, I love Modern Day Delilah. Okay, so saying I. it's as good saying it's as good as Love Gun is ridiculous. But my uh, my follow up to if it's as good as Love Gun, why the fuck are you playing Say Yeah from Sonic Boom and not Modern Day Delilah? if you think modern day Delilah is one of the best songs you've ever written, why is it not on your end of the road tour? Well, that why novel? don't you
0: switch it in here and there what, why? That and say, yeah.
1: Now he says, you can never compete with the past. Okay. Mm-hmm. Setting myself up for disappointment, which brings me back to the comment he said at the beginning of the interview, mm-hmm. when he said, quote, I've never been good at living up to people's expectations. This is all about him being incapable of having fans not like his new music that's all this is he does not want to write new music for any other reason that he can't accept criticism for it and he it. said he's he said in that comment where he said i've never been good at living up to people's expectations that was said that wasn't even in the context of music or the band that was just a general life quote mm-hmm. so he's never gonna write new music because he it cannot take the slings and arrows from the KISS fans. And I, I give huge props to to Howie for following up. Because Howie's like, but there's still time for... They, they could be a young person listening to modern-day Delilah now. And they could have that memory of driving in their car with their girlfriend to that. So that could be their Detroit Rock City. Like, yep. the, the, the album's only 15 years old or whatever. And, and Paul is just like, nope. No, no, and I, I i thought that was, I thought that was extremely interesting. It wasn't really totally earth shattering, but to him to say it like that, setting myself up for disappointment. That's all he cares about. He wants the accolades instead of just writing music for the love of writing music. And let's see, Ozzy Osbourne for the first time in his career just had a number one album. And I don't care if Ozzy sold ten copies or ten thousand copies. There is a audience out there for rock music and Kiss. If they sold an album, it would skyrocket immediately. I know it would. And he does too, but he doesn't want to deal with it. Good call. Good call. Anyways, and then he he starts going, I want to do what makes me happy. Then he makes this little line about the moving sidewalk. I I want to see what you thought of this. He's like, I used to think life was a moving sidewalk. and, And everybody was in front of me on the moving sidewalk. Now everybody's behind me. Meaning
0: he's older, Okay, he's trying to catch up. But now he's the old guy, and people are catching up to him. Because
1: I looked at it, I looked at it like, wait, what? Okay, because I I wanted to see what you thought of that comment. Okay,
0: that's how that's how I interpreted that. Okay, you probably all my people behind me. I was thinking of catching up to all these people in front of me, all these accomplishments Now everyone's behind me. Okay. Oh fuck, I'm the old man. All right, um, that's why I got it. And then he talks about what Doc McGee says, which is that qtr quality time remaining and i get it i'm a gazillionaire i have enough money to last i can do what i want what do i want to do with the rest of my life do i want to be touring doing stupid shit or do i want to try new things yep. and try to explore that yep. um yeah so i think that uh that's very important to paul at this point and he says you know physically we can't do it forever he admits it talks oh, about yeah. all his surgeries then they talk about uh, Phil Collins, remember?
1: Yeah, and I saw that concert. I saw that concert in December when Genesis came to Boston. A- an incredible concert. Phil Collins can still sing, but God love him. His physical ailments, are uh, they're heartbreaking. And I agree with what Howie said. Howie said, I feel bad for him. I don't feel like I was cheated out of anything. I felt bad for him because, you know, one of your icons is so physically debilitated that it just, hurt. and Paul, and, and what's Paul's response? Well, don't go. Yeah, like, dude, that's not that easy. Like, that, that, that's not the response we're talking about here. You know, he's like, "Well, they have the right to perform, and you have the right to not go." Be like, Paul, this isn't crossfire. We, we, I get it. That's not what we're talking about. Have a little bit of a soul
0: for a minute. I love this part. Next, are you happy? So happy as he's grimacing. I'm like, yeah, you look like you're happy. How and old, you, Any regrets? None. Oh, okay. None.
1: Imagine that. a God, if you can be 70 years old and say that you don't have a single regret, but of course, you think he's gonna tell Howie Mandel that he has a regret? You can't you can't pull that curtain down and let nope. people see that, that regret. It's nope. never gonna happen. Nope. 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 Then, nope. Then they start getting into the talking about the original band equal parts. Then he then, then another one of his lines. Democracy is a little bit overrated sometimes. Yep. And, of course, getting into the Ace and Peter, the drugs, the alcohol, all that stuff.
0: Yeah. And then he he talks about uh, record labels and them telling him what to do with a big smile. He says, I may may not be the easiest guy to get along with.
1: Yeah, that was interesting, huh?
0: And I don't like being told what to do, especially now. Yep. And he gets into the the, um, example of the song Forever about the outro. The record people were trying to tell him how to do it. And he's like, yeah, it became a big hit. Um, and he says, like, and I agree with this. If I'm going to be wrong, I'd rather it be from my own uh, volition. And yep. I agree with that philosophy. I'd rather be wrong because I chose this than fucking I listen to some idiot who probably has never done anything in his life. Mm-hmm. I agree with that 100%. Yep. Uh, they get into the relationship with Gene. Are you and Gene 50-50? Yes. And he goes, and this is very genuine and it flows, which is I love because that means Paul's being natural. He's yep. not coming up with the the canned responses that he has. Gene's my brother. Oftentimes you guys, you know, you you would have to get uh, divorced. When I mean, he talks about band members. Uh, people feel pushed out or decided to leave. Paul says, uh, that's the part where you mentioned, Tom, that democracy is overrated. And I also agree with this. It doesn't have to be 100%. But everybody's effort needs to be 100%. Yep. And so that's the part that I I agree with. If you're a band and you start off as equal parts and everybody's putting their best into it, then you can't complain. But if Ace is, I'm going to go play a couple hands of poker with my new girlfriend. Guys, Dick Wagner's on
1: his way. I'm going to go play a couple rounds of fucking (laughs) putt-putt.
0: I got invited to a kid's birthday party. They're about to play some dodgeball. I'll see you in a half an hour. Uh, You know, just that's the kind of shit that I understand. Like, Ace, you can fucking, you've got talent. You can write a song. You can do this. And you're like, ah, fuck it. I ain't doing shit. That would piss me off. But when you make other decisions and, uh, you know, you have the opposite part where we talk about this often. That's the Eagles. And they look at poor Don Felder's like, I'll write this. I'll do this. I'm equal share. I'm willing to work. Hard. I'm doing all this stuff. He's not pulling an ace. He's doing the opposite. Wants right. to volunteer more. And they're like, fuck it. You're not as popular as we were during the 80s. And we had solo careers and you did it. So we're not going to pay you the equal share that you were guaranteed before. That's, like, right. that's fucking being a dick. Yep. But the ace and Peter, when they're like, I fucking can't even play the drums. My hands are all fucked up. I'm going to do some Coke. <laughs> hey, what are you going to do with that? So I, I Peter, understand.
1: and I are gonna do a couple lines of blow,
0: and <laughs> hey, we, we, we ran out of blow. So I'm I'm gonna have to do some sex act on one of the gods over here to get some cocaine. Some kid offered
1: me a pack of fun dip. Wonder if I could <laughs> snort that.
0: <laughs> I was gonna blow the bouncer for fucking a bag of fucking weed. <laughs> anyways um i i just I, I find that stuff fascinating when they talk about their relationship
1: and i like um, how he also said he's my bro he's like my brother he's not my best friend yeah
0: exactly I Meaning you don't have to get along with him but you're there for each other you're yep. dependable you i rely on you we make things work yeah i don't have to fucking be like hey let's sit down and watch a movie <laughs> yeah right that's when gene was talking about later on the, I have no friends
1: i have, <laughs> I have no friends
0: yeah. and then they talk about meeting gene for the first time and him not liking him and obviously you get the other perspective from the gene interview earlier and in then <laughs> this is a great line i love this uh, and it's not about me not liking him it was more about he, i was better with him than without and that's the business side of paul and gene like mm-hmm. uh, and, I mean, I like this, but I'm smart. I'm going to ride with this guy because this guy will make me uh, a better band and a be- make me money. And they both used each other. Uh, and then he talked about, he played a song for me, Paul says, which is long forgotten. And <laughs> mine is on the first record. I know. God. <laughs> uh. and, he, and he admits though, he said, Gene plays the Eagle thing, but in his heart, He's a good, good person. He does more charity work than people know. He's my brother. He's there for me. We don't socialize not on the not on the road. We're different people.
1: Yeah, that was cool.
0: I love that shit. I love I when did, they talk. I, to I do really. too.
1: Yeah, I, I I thought that was good, especially how he he didn't have to say those things about Gene with the um uh, you know the charity and the, and all that. I thought that was pretty awesome.
0: Yeah, because Gene puts his foot in his mouth, and I think he wants to set the record straight. Look, I know he says stupid shit, but he's a very good person. Of Anyways, course. Now, Tom, they get into taking the makeup off.
1: Yeah, this was um, this was probably my favorite part because I love hearing comments and being like, "What?" So they talk about talking t- taking the makeup off, and, and Paul gets into you know the whole thing about how you know creatures of the night people were. Listening with their eyes, not their ears, and we had a we had a new two new makeup designs, and what are you going to have turtle guy and all this other shit? He's like, you know, it's it wasn't really genuine. Then he goes to the defense of Tommy and Eric, and he says, and I can't believe he says this, but I know he has to say it. He said, Tommy and Eric wearing the makeup that they're wearing, that's more genuine. Yeah, I was like. Dude, so in Paul's eyes, Tommy and Eric wearing the Catman and Spaceman makeup is more genuine than Eric Carr wearing the Fox and Vinny wearing the Ankh. Wow. Now, I don't really expect anything other than Paul. Of course, he's going to defend what's... He always defends current kiss and always shits on historical kiss. He always does that. But this, I was like, dude, nobody... To say that it's more genuine, oof, talk about a disconnect from what the fans think. No, yeah, I mean, not, not, n- and, and I mean, not, not every fan. Some fans like, I, I. we don't really care what I prefer that Tommy and Eric don't wear. Yeah, but it doesn't bother me. It doesn't, it, I don't lose sleep over it like a lot of fans do.
0: And then he does the usual, what are we going to have next? A character, turtle boy, snail man. Yeah, I, oh, Jesus. Dude, I know. So when someone had the third, uh, character in Kiss, did the fourth person character say, Oh, are we going to have snail man? Are we going to have this? Or did someone say, how about the cat man? How about the uh, star child? How but about that's exactly
1: mean- what I'm saying like- about Paul. He always, his, his hindsight, he always shits on the high- So you're making fun of Eric Carr's Fox and Vinny's on warrior. Fucking fans loved it. You loved it, but because it didn't work. See, that's the thing. When, when they do something that doesn't work, they shit on it. But at the time they thought it worked own it whether it's the elder or phantom of the park or creatures of the night or whatever at that moment in time you thought it worked the critics all hated it so i thought it was stupid it was a terrible thing it was dumb i'll never get over that that's such a i i can't stand that just fucking own it don't shit on it and to and to say that it's more genuine those are his words that tommy and eric are the spaceman and catman is obscene but anyways
0: yeah, no, I'm with you on that. I just, uh, it's Paul. What can I you know? Say? I know it's Paul. And then he talks about that nothing can compete with kiss and makeup, but it was necessary to take that makeup off. And I sure. agree with him a hundred percent.
1: Of course, it's we all like do. We each, all do.
0: And he talks about the fact that like nothing was going to work. People were listening with their eyes, and at the time, it was the only thing they. He admits that nothing was going to happen. It wasn't gonna if they didn't take it off, they weren't gonna continue as a band. And then he says, you know what? The beauty of it too, technically, if you think about it, is they were allowed to then put it back on and get yep. all the hoopla for doing that. Yep. Um, he talks about him. Why did he become a star child? Because he admits he was an unpopular, chubby kid and he wanted to be the popular star. And that's where that came from.
1: That <laughs> was really that was really interesting. And you could tell when you when you watch the video and not just Listen, Paul got very sensitive. And you could tell that he was choosing his words carefully because he was, he was, he was focusing on himself in and, and and speaking about, yeah, that's why I chose the star. Because of everything that happened in my life as a child. I wanted to be a star. I wanted to be somebody that I wasn't. And I, I, I give him credit for that. That's a lot for somebody like Paul to discuss that.
0: Yeah. So and then he talks about uh them both meeting people back from high school about the bittersweetness of people going oh yeah we used to be friends oh you remember me oh we loved each other how he says he had a tough time growing up and people would be like oh yeah you were funny he's like nobody laughed when i was in high school and same thing with paul he's like yep he paul kind of avoided he didn't want to say you know that he was Like, fuck you, losers. I'm a fucking millionaire now. He
1: he, he was pretty much saying, like, revenge is not a good thing.
0: And he says, yeah. Paul says, if you have bitterness or seek revenge, dude, that is you big time. All he he is is bitter. (laughs) (laughs) Go bring up our buddy, thinking Stanley to him. Think of Stanley here, people. bring oh, yeah, right. up Peter Chris to him and right. see how much that oh yeah, I can forgive. Why should you do a bitterness? Bullshit. Then there comes a part where at the end, this is this is like more Dr. Tom Howie, because I bet you a lot of people, you're not getting uh Steven from Rat or right. fucking CeCe Deville to talk like Paul. Paul is a smart man. Absolutely, he's had years of therapy to put these lines together. Yep. So Howie is like, he can't, he can't express how much he's impressed with Paul. Yeah. Paul is just soaking it in and loving it. It's everything he desires. Paul, is like, he's just basically saying, "You're so smart. You're so articulate. You're like amazing human being." I was like, "Yep." Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm exactly how i want everybody to perceive me yeah there's no
1: no humility from paul at all no none um it's just i don't know yeah no i know it's it's it was it was a it was a a good interview it was a it was how he's that kind of guy and like you said he's he he had he, he had a conversation like Like, oh, you're not supposed to talk about that kind of stuff. You're not supposed to bring that up. You're not supposed to ask that. But how he's like, fuck, it, it's my show. I'm going to ask it.
0: Yeah, he, uh, Paul, at the end, they asked about bucket list. I don't believe in bucket list. Oh, he always says that. Like, I want it. Like, what happens after the list? Uh, And then he talks about, like, his sneakers. I can do that. And then he gets into what he wants. What do you want to plug? I want to plug that everyone out there has the right to explore, to be everything they can be. Tell you that you can't do something are the ones That's that it. failed. Go out there and advocate for yourself. And then how is like, you're such an amazing man. Paul is just like,
1: oh. dude, isn't that like written on a poster? Like with, with the cat hanging off a tree, like fight for you. Like, where do you get this off of Pinterest? <laughs> Come on, Paul, what the fuck dude, you and your <laughs> you got Mark from cards. those eighties,
0: eighties posters.
1: Yeah, right. I'm like, come on. Fucking
0: pfft. yeah. Whatever. Anyways, that was the Paul interview. Differences between the two? Go ahead. Well, we just talked about him. There's just the
1: endless. I mean, Paul is relatively humorless. Um, he's humorless, he's guarded, he's sensitive, and that that that's fine. Gene, on the other hand, is freewheeling, high flying, laughing his ass off, making jokes, cussing, cursing, being inappropriate. Um, talking about all kinds of crazy shit. And that's, that's them in a nutshell. That's why we wanted to do this end this episode with both interviews side by side. So you could just see the parallels and the differences and the similarities, but that's why they've been successful for 50 years. They're each other's yin and yang They're you know, that's, I thought it was fascinating.
0: So did I, I I thought, uh, Howie Mandel's format works. I, I enjoyed it. I thought he got some questions and stuff up there. And I always like to hear and see how Paul reacts when he gets something that he was not yeah. expecting. Yep. Right. I agree. Yep. Uh, I liked uh, Gene's playfulness. It's just fascinating stuff. And you know, we, yeah. we want to break this stuff down as we always do. That's what we do. Yep. Anyway, Tom, what we do next is question of the week. That's right. Question of the week. We got a good one. And this
1: one comes from Brian off of Facebook. Simple question, relatively topical, because this does come out next month in November. He says, guys, I think you may have brought this up, but can you add a little bit more to it for me? Explain to me why the band felt the need to release a box set for the 40th anniversary of Creatures of the Night, when even the band admits that the album didn't sell well. But for something like Love Gun, they just released a t-shirt and a picture disc.
0: Well, I think these are all now major dates that are coming up because Kiss's major albums came out between 74 and 84, probably the classic ones that are considered classics. And so if that's the case, they're going to have plenty of opportunities. They all can't be this fucking huge spread thing. 40th anniversary, 45th anniversary. They've got to spread them out. Guess what? Some of these that don't get the 40th and 45th anniversary uh, treatment are going to get the 50th anniversary treatment. Spread it out. You can't do these things every year. So I think they've taken their chances and picked something that they want to do this time. And maybe next time they'll do something else. They also just did the the Love Gun double disc not too long ago. So that is something.
1: No, I, I know. I, I think it's an interesting question because I asked it, but that's that's pretty much because I'm a love gun guy and I think creatures is overrated. That being said, I bought the creatures box set. It's gonna be exciting. There's live stuff on there. There's gonna be tons of photos and stuff. It's 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 an it's a lost era for a lot of people because there's no live recordings. Um, and I think that's why we probably haven't seen anything with Eric Carr on the off the soundboard because that creatures box set will have that. I mean, I'm excited for it, I just find it interesting. That that wouldn't have gotten like the anniversary picture disc type thing, and then give the box set to uh, Love Gun or or some I, I I don't know. You're right. They can't give everything a box set, and maybe they're maybe they're trying to just give a little extra something to an album that they love. They love Creatures of the Night, so maybe they're trying to honor it by doing that. I don't know. Interesting question. I know other Kiss fans were talking about it too. Uh, so thank you for that appreciate that question very much we always pre- appreciate our questions of the week.
0: Yeah, Tom and where can people find us?
1: Check out our website. That's the one-stop shop for everything shoutoutloudcast.com shoutoutloudcast.com. Uh you can get everything you need there all of our episodes, all of the Shout out loudcast episodes, ARC, Zeppelin Chronicles, the new Dorm Damage, everything's there, our rankings episodes. You can click on the merch links, we talked about that, the Patreon links. Everything is there. You can send us messages directly from the website. You can comment on each episode's posting as well. So when this episode gets posted to the website, you can scroll down under the episode page and there's a space there if you want to comment directly. Of course, you can comment on our social media, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, the YouTube that we love. Um all those things. You can message us, tag us, DM us, everything. We're available, please. And as we mentioned earlier, our wonderful Patreon family, big shout out to John and Devin this week for being new members to the family. We love you guys. Thank you. And thank you to all the other members that have been there. And of course, we're part of the wonderful Pantheon podcast network of shows, tons of amazing music related podcasts. You can check us out there. And they just dropped a dedicated Pantheon podcast app. Download that app. We're there. Everything's there. And any, all those shows, they're all right there. So, you can check that app out too. It's very cool. And uh, yeah, we're everywhere. But I'm telling you right now, the website's the best place. It's got everything that we just mentioned all right there.
0: Yeah, Tom, we always tell people they can DM us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. They can subscribe to our YouTube, YouTube. channel. Uh, there we are uh, growing and growing. The comments are growing over there. So, please make sure you subscribe. To our YouTube channel, you can give us one of those five star, star. child reviews. That's so people can find our podcast. When we move up the food chain there, it's very helpful. Uh, last week, uh, I think Gandalf gave us an awesome five star review, and they did DM us and let us know who that was. Thank you for that, much appreciated. We uh we wish that you guys could continuously give us those five-star reviews and let us know who you are, if you are giving that, and we can't recognize the actual comment. Mm-hmm. So if you want to, please do that. And then we tell people they can always go to our awesome website, ShoutItOutLoudCast.com, ShoutItOutLoudCast.com. As Tom mentioned, you can get the merch, T-shirts, all that Shout Out loudcast gear. Make sure you take a photo of you in it and then send it to us and let us know if we can share it with others on our website uh you can email us at shout outloudcast at gmail.com shout at gmail.com and uh Tom what we always do after this we like to give famous last words lyrics from kiss do you have any of course
1: in honor of Dr love Dr. Tom. So enter, please. Get on your knees. There are no bills. There are no fees. Baby, I know what your problem is. The first step of the cure is a kiss. Oh, yeah. Exactly.
0: All right, Tom. Same old ways. Modern day, Delilah. Shame, shame, shame on you, girl. Very nice, Tom. Thank you, Kiss Army. Thank you, Loudcasters. Thank you,
1: guys. Thank you. You're the best,
0: uh, Zeus. We're recording early because it's opening
1: night for the NHL Bruins. So let's yep. go. Let's get ready for another good season. Yep. Thank you, guys. You're the best. Mm-hmm. Zeus, as always, my friend. Thank you.
0: Peace out, Girl
1: Scout.
2: you like it the juice, eh? <laughs>